Hey everybody, I'm Robert Yerby, and I'm an insurance professional, and admittedly, kind of an insurance nerd. My friends and family tell me that nobody is going to want to listen to a podcast about insurance, so instead, on this show, I'm hoping to share a story or have a conversation with a guest about some relatable experience, and then show you how insurance impacts that story or topic. My hope is you'll enjoy a few laughs with me and maybe learn at least one interesting thing about insurance along the way. Here we go. Hey everybody, this is Robert, and this is one interesting thing about insurance. Hey, I am recording this on December 12th, 2023, and the countdown is on. I am heading out to Orlando, Florida on Friday. Uh, me and Daisha and uh, my son Damon are all heading out for our family Thanksgiving. And you might be thinking, wait, wait, Thanksgiving was weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we have been celebrating Thanksgiving on an off weekend for years, years. And, you know, it started, gosh, when um, my older sons, Brandon and Jake, were uh, seven and eight, nine years old, some, somewhere around there, their mom and I got divorced. And, you know, that thing, you know, divorced parents do where they, they switch back and forth for holidays. And maybe, maybe it's in the, like, divorce decree or parenting agreement, whatever you call that. You know, you're going to, you're going to switch which every year for holidays. Well, uh, it seems to me that we, we had that, you know, in our agreement, you know, that I have the kids every other Thanksgiving. But uh, to me, Thanksgiving is is just the absolute best. It's it's Christmas without the, I don't know, I don't want to say chore, but the responsibility, it's Christmas without the responsibility of having to, you know, buy gifts for everybody. You know what I mean? You still get together with family. You have a great meal. You have a you know a day off, but uh, <laughs> I don't have to worry about getting gifts and stuff. So to me, Thanksgiving is the absolute best. Anyway, when they were kids, I, I quickly realized I don't like just having them every other every other year. So the years that we weren't together, we would just celebrate Thanksgiving on an off weekend. And also, you know, I, I, you know, I, I was in Illinois at that time that they were young kids and Illinois in late November is pretty nasty weather. You know, it's, it's probably not snowing yet, but it's like that cold drizzly rain that just gets in your bones. That, that cold is awful. And, you know, on Thanksgiving, an ideal Thanksgiving to me, you know, you're, you're outside, you play a little football, you have something to eat inside. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the whole day. It's the whole experience. And that was tough to do in late November. So we started doing it in October. And I don't know that it's like this everywhere, but uh, in Illinois, Columbus Day is the second Monday in October. And I think it was a state holiday. So kids were always off school. And that's an easy day to take off of work. So that was the day that we would celebrate. It was the second Monday in October. And I didn't have to switch with their mom. It was always available. So 
I think, you know, in pretty short order, we just started celebrating our Thanksgiving on that day every year, regardless of whether I had them or not. And then, uh, then I probably, you know, just told their mom or, or by the time they were old enough, they were driving and stuff just like, yeah, you guys do whatever you want on American Thanksgiving, which is what we call it now, American Thanksgiving. But, uh, yeah, we still all celebrate our family Thanksgiving on an off weekend. It's not necessarily in October anymore. We kind of pick a day that's convenient for as many of us as possible. Brandon and Jake are both married now. Brandon lives in, like I said, Central Florida. Jake's in suburban Chicago. And we rotate who's hosting this year. We're going to be in Central Florida. And it's this weekend. It is this weekend, and I'm super excited for it. Everybody's going to be there. And and Luca, my grandson, is, of course, going to be there, too. So it's it's going to be quite the celebration. I think I've said already half a dozen times. Super excited. So this is not the first holiday celebration that I've had. I actually went to a holiday party uh, this past weekend, and... I don't think I mentioned on the podcast yet, but uh, I've been singing in a Christmas choir. One of my friends at uh, my karaoke bar in, I don't know, late September, early October had come up to me and, and invited me to join their church Christmas choir. And they were going to have a concert in December and she thought I'd be great and, and they needed tenors. I don't know that she mentioned that to me when she first approached me at the bar, but I, I found that out in the very first uh, choir practice that I went to. Anyway, I was, I suppose, flattered that she would invite me, truly humbled once once I got there and I saw the the quality of the the choir. And you know it's it's over now. we We had our concert uh, this past weekend on Saturday and Sunday. And I, th- I think that it went really well. I think I sang reasonably well. But I got to tell you, I think before I went, I thought I was a pretty good singer. Not ta- not naturally talented necessarily, but I thought I was a pretty good singer because I, I sing a lot. I practice. And I really think, I mean, that's 80% of it. Just that, that old adage, you know, just show up. I show up to sing. I I sing in the car. I actually, you know, practice the songs that I want to sing at karaoke. I think that's that's most of it. Okay, and I, I don't think I'm a a gifted vocalist by any stretch. I show up to this choir, and there's a lot of people that are really good singers. And not just that I'm I'm hearing them sing. I mean that that's probably enough, but I talked to a lot of them too. I, I was I was really hoping to learn a lot from this choir and in talking to some of these uh, singers. They might not be say like classically trained vocalists, but they do know quite a bit. One of the things I feel like I picked up was uh, you know hearing vocal harmonies. Uh, I've played guitar for 30-something years. Obviously, no chords. Um, intellectually, I understand harmonies. But to actually hear it and 
you know, my voice being one of those notes in the harmony. I mean, it's just, I, I, I think I still can't quite explain what it is that I hear now that I didn't hear before, but well, all this to say, like the choir was a great experience. I, I feel like I'm a better singer. I understand uh, vocals better. And um, we had an after party after the, after the choir concert was over. There's, there's actually um, more than one person that's a, a regular at the karaoke bar that was at the after party. And, uh, you know, in the choir or a, let's say, a, a guest, like uh, at the concert. There's a, there's a bunch of people at this after party. Now, the after party was very much a Christmas party. And it was at someone's home, okay? Someone's private residence. And at this party, there were employees of the bar. Again, the, the karaoke bar that I frequent. There were regular uh, customers of the bar. There were managers. There were family members of all of those groups. <laughs> um, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends. There was food. There was drinks. It, it, it was a holiday party, right? It was a holiday party. And there was karaoke there. And it was a great time. And, um, you know what, this is, this is a great example of how like the insurance mind uh, in my skull just, it doesn't turn off because I walk in and I was like, Hmm, you know, having a party at your private residence, that's, I mean, that's a risk, right? Think things get broken at parties. Okay. People are, people are having drinks. They're doing shots. They're, they're getting wild singing karaoke stuff can get broken. Stuff can get stolen. I mean, I would like to think nothing got stolen from this very nice lady who's, who's hosting the party. And, um, I, I, I think, you know, the folks that I know from the bar are, are good people, but I mean, you're, you're still dealing with people. You never know what's going to happen. And yeah, the insurance brain in me is just like, man, she's taking some risks here. I wonder if she's had losses before, <laughs> it sounded to me like she's been having this party on the regular for a long time. So I wonder if she's had some losses before. I wonder if she's had to either make some claims, maybe had some claims paid, maybe had claims denied. I don't know. I was a little preoccupied in my own brain thinking, gee, I wonder, I wonder about, has she had losses? You know, do you think she'd want to talk about insurance right now? Hmm? Over this checks mix and uh, skinny pirate, I wonder. Well, so I'm at the party and I'm, you know, you're you're making nice nice with everybody. Hey, so what are you doing for Christmas? What are you doing for this and that and that and that and that? And of course, I, you know, start telling people, yeah, I'm going going out to Florida. Well, and I didn't I didn't tell you guys uh, the whole rest of the story either. After our family Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm going to put Damon on a plane, ship him back to Arizona. He's got another week of school before a holiday break. And Daisha and I are going to go to Miami. And we're just going to you know, be on vacation for a week. And super excited about that. Now, how are we getting to Miami? 
my son lives uh, just north of Orlando, from his place to Miami. Uh, we we could have gotten a plane, uh, but it's it's just a few hour drive. And I thought, hey, you know what? She hasn't spent a lot of time in Florida. We'll do the drive. She can see some things. We'll we'll uh, we'll cut all the way over to the east coast of Florida and and drive down. Well, okay, so we're so we're renting a car. So she's she's probably going to have to get an earful about uh, car rental insurance and, you know, how I choose to cover the rental car for any physical damage and and liability. You know, that'll eat up. That'll eat up. I mean, it could eat up 45 minutes, but I'll probably get sort of an eye roll and have to keep it to seven to eight minutes worth of content on rental car insurance. By the way, I choose to cover it with my my credit card, which offers free coverage for the physical damage, and then I have my personal auto policy, which covers me for the liability. I, I feel like we covered a lot of that stuff in a previous episode, kind of kind of a long time ago, but I feel like we covered rental car coverage, and not a whole lot's changed. Once we get down there, one of the things Daisha wants to do is rent a boat, just like uh, or similar to what we did when we were in Montana over the summer. And uh, I had my friend Sean on an episode, and we talked about coverage for boats. Same same thing is going to apply here in Florida, but a little different. No, actually, actually, it's quite a bit different. In Florida, the boat that I'm going to rent, it's, uh, it's going to have a captain. I'm not going to be driving the boat. Yeah, me and my girl are just going to be out on the boat, enjoying ourselves. Somebody else is going to be driving the boat. And I get the impression, if it's not required, it is. it seems very customary down in Miami Beach for there to be a captain with the boat. So that, that could be some local regulation, but uh, I don't hate it. I, I'm glad to have somebody else driving the boat. I told Daisha, like, I, I will be able to relax, <laughs> unlike how I was on Flathead Lake. And yeah, just be able to chill out, have my beverages, uh, you know, put my arm around her, enjoy the scenery and, and all of that. It, does it cost more? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, we're down there on vacation. We want to have a good time. So I'm thankful to have somebody uh, as a captain. And what else are we going to do? You know, well, uh, I told her I wanted to go to Joe's Stone Crab. I figured it'd be easy to get a reservation during the week. It's not looking like it's easy, but we're definitely going to get get over to Joe's for dinner. And uh, yeah, just kind of stroll through Miami Beach, do a little shopping, eat some Cuban food, and then we'll be popping back to Arizona before Christmas. So another thing I... I thought I would mention, because the holidays are coming up, a lot of you probably have already put up your Christmas decorations at this point. Like, if if you were gonna, they're probably already up, right? I feel like every year I get into this conversation about Christmas decorations, and I live in an apartment right now, so I don't have a whole lot to decorate. I I could put stuff up on my balcony, right? But, But I don't. When I had a house... 
yeah, my wife was always asking me to um, put up outside lights, you know, string the trees outside, hang lights from the, the gutters and, you know, whatever, those little icicle kinds of lights. I never did that. I never did that. And the reason I think is pretty simple because it's dangerous. It's, it's very dangerous. Anytime you get on a ladder, there's an opportunity for injury, injury, uh, as a result of, you know, slipping and falling off the ladder. When you then add, uh, Hey, you're on a ladder outside in the cold, in the ice. I mean, it just seems, I'm not exactly sure how much it increases the odds of an accident, but the odds are increased. There you go. No, no. My standard answer to, uh, my wife would always be, uh, I am way too important to this family to risk getting up on a ladder in the winter and trying to string lights all along this house. Okay. If that ladder slips underneath me and I go down, I break a leg, break an arm, uh, slam my skull up against the, you know, the brick pavers or something. Just, just think of what that would do to this family. Are you willing to risk that? Over, what, five weeks of twinkly lights in the winter? For real? You're willing to jeopardize everything that we have here? And, uh, I'd like to say that that shut her up, but it didn't. However, I never, I never strung up any lights. I like looking at lights. It's not that I hate lights. I don't hate Christmas. Uh, but I hate cold weather. And, uh... I don't like the idea of getting hurt. And so, I, like I said, you probably already put up all your lights. If, you, if you're going to put up lights, they're probably already up. But for next season, just remember, all you guys listening to this, don't let your girl bully you into putting up lights outside and, uh, you know, risking your physical safety. Okay? It's enough. All right. I thought maybe I'd answer a few uh, listener questions here at the end. I don't, I don't feel like I say this enough, but you can, you can definitely email me any questions or comments you have about the podcast. Uh, my email is Robert at B M F C E. It's like Bravo, Mike Foxtrot, Charlie echo.com. B M F C E of course is our, uh, insurance continuing education, uh, website. But yeah, Robert at bmfce.com. And just off the last episode, somebody was asking about the kidnap and ransom insurance. Uh, this reads, uh, I'm familiar with group programs for kidnap and ransom for companies and charities. Can you buy this as an individual? If so, where? Uh Yes. Well, I mean, of course, full disclosure, if I didn't say it on that episode, like I, I don't sell kidnap and ransom insurance. Um, I'm an insurance agent, but I don't sell that. You can buy individual policies. Yeah. Uh, so the way that I'm familiar with kidnap and ransom insurance, uh, there's a guy out of Virginia, works at a managing general agency. And this guy he's where I can get my active shooter insurance coverage. They, th this MGA, they specialize in like coverage for law enforcement 
and these sorts of like um, crime policies. So you can absolutely get it. Uh, I I don't think I'm going to broadcast on the podcast. You know this this guy's information because uh, you can you can find him if you just make a Google. But it, yeah, the same guy where I get active shooter and, and where I would get coverage for police officers and firefighters. Make a Google. You'll you'll find it. You can get individual policies. Be prepared to pay for it though, because they are thousands of dollars. You know, figure depending on where you're going and how long you're going to be there. I'm just going to maybe ballpark it. I mean, f- figure a few thousand dollars for a week's worth of coverage for $5 million in benefits, you know, a $5 million ransom limit. So that's that. Uh, let me see here. What was the other one? Okay. This next question, uh, I think, I think is a great one. Uh, it came from our terrorism, uh, terrorism coverage episode, uh, episode 36. And the question is, I have rental properties and I've never been asked if I want to have terrorism covered. Do I need to talk to my agent and request it or am I already covered? Excellent question. Excellent question. So terrorism coverage is, uh, it's not excluded under homeowners forms or uh, dwelling forms. You know, you're, you're like consumer forms. Uh, it is going to be excluded on commercial property. So the, the question is really, is your rental property covered under a like an HO form or a dwelling form, the, the consumer products, or do you have it covered under a commercial, like commercial property form? And uh, your question is, doesn't, doesn't really tell me that. It doesn't really tell me, you know, what kind of property we're dealing with. If you have like single family homes that you're renting out, uh, quite likely the coverage you have is, is on a, a dwelling, a dwelling form. And so therefore the, the terrorism is not going to show up in the list of exclusions. If you've got something like, uh, an apartment, a small apartment complex, if you've got something like uh, a mixed-use building where you've got a, a nail salon on the ground floor and you've got you know two apartments above it or something like that, you might have a commercial property form, and yes, you might have terrorism excluded. When you say that your agent's never asked you about it, that again, it would lead me to guess that you're covered under a, a dwelling form. And... and in that case, he, he wouldn't need to ask you because there is no exclusion. Now, you didn't ask, but if you're on a commercial form and terrorism is excluded, I would suggest buying the, the, the terrorism coverage without knowing exactly you know how much extra it costs. That's your business. And if, I don't know, we, we can only guess at what the, the terrorism, you know, attack might look like. But if it were to destroy your entire property, destroy this key asset of your business, I mean, that could wipe you out, right? I might uh, seriously consider adding back that terrorism coverage. 
And, and I, I would suspect it's, it's not a whole lot of extra premium. That said, um, I have a rental property and it's covered under a dwelling form and I don't have to worry about it. You know, terrorism's not excluded. So hopefully that's, hopefully that's your situation too. Okay, everybody. Well, here's where I want to say have a safe and happy holiday season. Uh, appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you are a licensed insurance producer or adjuster and you're looking for insurance continuing education credits, check out our live webinars at bmfce.com. And if you like the podcast, tell your friends, uh, tell everybody you know at the Christmas party, and we'll have another episode uh, in just a couple of weeks. Thanks. Thank you.